The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Okay, it's time for TV and streaming with Joe Shane, Jennifer Gannon. And Jennifer, tonight, Clareburn Live finishes after seven years mm. on RT1 television. What do you make of the programme? I It was always, for me, a mixed bag and you never really knew what to expect with it. I mean, it certainly gave people something to talk about, especially during lockdown when you had Clareburn appearing in a perspex box, like it was some kind of performance art. Then you had her in her garden shed, like she was being held hostage during COVID. And it was just... There was always something a little bit surreal about it and was that fair frantic in its tone. Like a very, very good presenter. Very good. And a programme that started with us with a more serious age, which went into sort of some ridiculous looking stunts. Like remember the time they had Luke O'Neill and somebody else and Sam McConkie sewing face masks on a sewing yeah. machine? This is the thing. And I think they were trying to carve out their own niche in a way to be somewhere in between a current affairs show and some kind of right to reply forum that might... Mightn't have always worked, but I do think their reaching shows about the housing crisis were actually very good and really important. Um, but I do think it was stretching it a bit, the remit of what the show was supposed to be. Um, tonally, it shifted kind of all over the place. And it was very much, sometimes it could fall into like a live TV parody almost that I felt. What do you make of Josh, eh? Well, uh, I was a regular guest on it, a fairly regular guest on it. Um, and I always enjoyed being on it because, uh, you know, you really didn't know where it was going to go. It's, it took risks and they tried stunts and sometimes they were, seemed a bit silly or came across as a bit kind of what the hell are they doing now? But at least they were trying something different all the time. And one thing that they always usually did was they usually got fairly interesting guests and not the obvious ones that you'd go to. Uh, like a lot of current fair shows in Ireland will do the kind of, there's a kind of a, a standard kind of squad or pack Panel that people pick from, but they they would kind of go outside, kind of that 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 kind of you know the, the usual gang and pick interesting people to talk to. So I always enjoyed it. I always enjoyed being on it, and, I, and I'm sad to see it go. What do you make of the fact that RT for the fifth time this year has not been able to broadcast an edition on a Sunday of the Week in Politics, despite the Doyle been sitting apparently claiming staffing issues. Yeah, well, we know we know that staffing issues are a big issue, you know, it, across the board in Ireland at the moment. But we don't when you look cancel at our, programs. Yeah, we don't get. Them, <laughs> we well, don't cancel them yeah. in organisations which yeah. have far fewer resources, far fewer yeah. staff, yeah. and freelancers to start with. Well, they, that's true, Matt. And look, the RT said they they had to cost sixty million in operating costs between twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty three. Sixty million, which is no small chunk of change, right? They went for a big redundancy program, two hundred and fifty to three hundred people, uh, started in twenty seventeen. That was actually oversubscribed. If you talk to sorry, people, sorry, Joe, RT, Joe, do you know what? Yeah? I bet you they still have eighteen hundred people working there <laughs> yeah, because yeah. every time over the last thirty years yeah. that there has been a major redundancy program to get yeah. rid of two hundred to three hundred people, they all. Yeah. Would seem to end up with the same amount of people the as they amount. started with. Or if you talk to people in RTE, what's happened a lot is a lot of people, a lot of energetic kind of people, experienced people took the voluntary redundancy and have come back in and are working on programmes as freelancers or consultants or working for outs, you know, for outside broadcast companies or working for independent production companies. So in a way, they've kind of they left and they and they came back. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's been stories, there's been people quoted, insiders in RT saying this is farcical. And it's 
it's wrong. It's not a good look for RT. It's their flagship current weekend well, current Jennifer, program, and they can't is, get on the air. This is public service mm. broadcasting well, that they boast of. This is what the license fee is paid for. You don't see them cancelling the Sunday game, do or you? Dancing with the Stars, um, and, with, and like with Dancing with the Stars, they had a lot of COVID cases as well. And I know that they were saying a lot of this from their previous cancellations of the show was due to staff illnesses. But at the same time, if they can put in a skeleton crew for something like that, how Everyone could they not? Everyone has do suffered that? from staff exactly. illnesses, yeah, and still put out their. Yes, yeah, there has to be some kind of framework in place. There has to be some kind of job sharing, even if like journalists that are working within the radio part of it, if they can't move over um, for for one or two shows, it, it has to be possible to put a show together like that. What about the 60th birthday edition of the Late Late Show finishing off the season? Yeah. Um, did you watch it? Did no. you Did you break your normal <laughs> habits of a Friday night to watch it? I didn't. I but I think we've spoken about the Late Late Show before having this identity crisis, and I do think. The reaction to it, the constant flow of negative social media, um, it, it has become this kind of weird hate watch for people and they kind of enjoy uh, disliking the show. And you do wonder, you know, what it is, what kind of programme uh, do people want on a Friday night? I mean, do they want it to be... I, I don't think it can be the show that it was when Gay Byrne was presenting it. it. It's not... We've moved on, like the television has moved on in itself, but do we want it to be an, a completely entertainment show or do we still want it to have this kind of serious tone and edge to it? Yeah, and apparently it's a shorter show now, Joe. It, it finishes earlier, does it? Yeah, it's not such the Late Late Show anymore. There's a, there was a very good review of the of the 60th anniversary by Ed Power in the Irish Times. And it kind of said what, you know, it said what we're all thinking. It can't be the same show it was. And actually, the 60th anniversary kind of reminded people of those moments. You know, Eamon Casey, Terry Keane talking about the, the affair with Charles Jay. You know, Padraig Flynn and, uh, you know, it's not easy to maintain three houses. You try it sometime. Those kind of events in the past, we don't get those these days because the Late Late Show was... You know, it was the only chat show on Irish TV. It was the only forum for this kind of stuff. It did have any big guests, international guests that would come to Ireland would go straight on to the Late Late because there was nowhere else for them. So it's it, it can't be the show it was. It's trying to be a, a good chat show these days and sometimes it, it manages to do that and sometimes it doesn't. But it's it, there's no point in looking back in the, at these, okay. the late, late Show in the 70s and 80s and saying, why isn't it like that anymore? Okay, I believe you watched the first episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Is that how you spent your Friday night? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's it it's, like? Um, yeah, it's do you know uh, like I'm I'm a I'm a died in the wool Star Wars fan, right? The first the first um, movie I ever saw was the first Star Wars movie, and I'll never forget that experience, right? I watched uh, the the more recently it, it's been really hit and miss. I liked the, on the Disney Plus channel the Mandalorian. I liked a lot. The Book of Boba Fett. I thought was really bad. Just the same kind of cod space western story every week. Obi-Wan has started on Disney Plus now and it's got Ewan McGregor in it and Hayden Christensen is going, going to come back as Darth Vader apparently later in the series, no spoilers. So um, it starts off slowly. There's a lot of Star Wars kind of people tracking, trekking across deserts and lots of uh, kind of moments where it, it seems like it's almost like aimed at a kind of a child or a very young audience as well. I'm going to stick with it because, you know, it's Star Wars, but I think it's really for the hardcore fans. Jennifer, your pick of the week is yes. a series that I love the first and second series of, but lost interest in the third. Borgen is on Netflix on Thursday. Is this the third series this or the fourth? This is a new fourth. So this oh. is like, yeah, I think it's the fourth now at this stage. Because this, okay. I mean, when it was started, this is kind of one of those flagship shows that was part of the Scandi Noir genre, but it wasn't this as in, it wasn't a crime serial. It's about politics. And it's not, the thing about Borgen is it's not flashy and macho like other political dramas. It's very 
an intimate drama. It's about politics, but it's about the very human side of politics. And you saw Brigitte Neuberg um, really trying to get to grips with being a woman in politics and uh, having children or not having children and the relationship between work and home and the choices that you make and how they can change your life. Now, she was, this time around, when we're catching up with her now, she's the Minister for Foreign Affairs and when oil is discovered in Greenland, she's at the centre of this international power struggle in the Arctic, but she also had to keep her eye out on this journalist who is milking her status on TV as this Neuberg expert. But it's really grown-up, sophisticated telly, very a glacial pace it moves at, but if you want to get something that's really gripping and engaging I think that it will be something okay, to watch I must go back and look on at this, uh, give uh, Series 3 another try before we get into Series 4 Now Joe lots of people are looking forward to your pick of the week which yeah. starts on Disney Plus tomorrow night but it's getting very mixed reviews yeah, I'm, I'm a bit fearful for this. This is Danny Boyle's long-awaited uh, Sex Pistols drama, six parts. It's called Pistol. And it's interesting because it's based on the guitarist, Steve Jones. It's based on his memoir, which came out in 2016, which actually is as much about Steve Jones as it is about the Sex Pistols. Uh, I've seen the trailer. Um, like, it's Danny Boyle doing music. So, you know, you gotta be, you got to get your hopes up there. Uh, there's a guy called Tom, Thomas Brody, a uh, sangster, who's doing the Malcolm McLaren character, and he's banging on the money it seems to be the, the, the voice is perfect I'm just I'm just not I'm, I'm hoping 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 this is going I've to be a good watched series all of it and just oh. to say what they've done to Chrissy Hines is an absolute disgrace um, God, that was some of the best reviews I said they've supposed to finish well they've reduced her they've reduced her to somebody that is not her own has no agency and is just there to have sex with Steve Jones basically and it's told from his point of view and she's nothing reduced nothing but a girlfriend um, and that's not who Chrissy Hines is but and also so I will say Anson Boone I think his name is who is uh, playing John Lydon is exactly like Rick Mail in The Young Ones and that kind of put me off completely <laughs> like, so that's a bit of a parody like OK Joe Shea Jennifer Gannon thank you The Last Word with Matt Cooper Today FM It all happens here You're finally thinking about changing your windows and doors, transforming your house into a warm, light-filled home. At Fairco, that's just what we do. Our new Hamptons handmade range of windows and doors offers incredible style with added security for peace of mind. And we take great pride in our bespoke service from first consultation to hassle-free installation. So, why wait any longer? Drop into our Fairco showrooms in Dean's Grange and Santry or visit fairco.ie.